Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Talking Talky podcast. I am Chris Ballard and this evening it's just a double hander with myself and Nick French. Hi Nick. Good evening, how are you? I am good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Nice to, to be on the back of uh, another win. Two wins in a row. Yes, well let's, let's get straight into that. Our second competitive victory in a row, which I think is unprecedented this season, uh, against Taunton Town in the fourth round of the FA Trophy. Um Neither of us, I should add some spoilers here, neither of us were able to go. I think Nick would, would have gone if it had been at Taunton. Um, but, you know, 4-2 victory, we got through. What were your initial thoughts, Nick? Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like, to all intents and purposes, we've, we've done a really professional job, aside from probably a 10-minute a spell of madness, which is probably the shortest spell of madness our defence has had most of the season. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, it was it was job done. It's it's another win. It's it's all we could have asked for. Um, and you know, there, there's two goals in there for Aaron Jarvis. So all in all, it's probably the best night we could have possibly had. Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree. I think you go into those games hoping you don't embarrass yourself. Number one, and if you do manage to get through, you put in a, a convincing performance. Aside from the the ten minute. Keystone Cops section towards the end of the first half. Um, it, we seemed like we were pretty good. Again, I've only seen the highlights um, and they do tend to be slanted heavily towards the people who were editing them, but it made Torquay look pretty competent. Um, a lot of the ball, quite a few chances. A couple of, particularly the Silver's goal was very good. Um, the opener where he got it on the right-hand side, cut in, put a shot top corner, which would have been great had he not then allowed a Taunton guy, the freedom of Claymore when we considered the first of the two that we let in. Um, on a personal note, I was very happy to see Ali Omar score. As we know, I'm a one-man Ali Omar cheerleading squad and have been for about 18 months. Um, and then you get you go into the break 2-2 with them a man down. Let's not forget that. I mean, you know, you do kind of have to temper any excitement by saying that. Uh, a guy, you know, he's actually the, the YouTube highlights You'd think they would show that again because on the first viewing, you're not quite sure what's happened. And then when you do look at it again by having to rewind the video yourself, like in 1993, um, rakes the studs down. I think it's Evans's thigh. I'm not entirely sure who it was. I think it was Evans. And the ref had to send him off. Um, second half, Jarvis comes out, gets, gets his two goals. We looked relatively untroubled. Um, and from reports that I've heard from people who actually were at the game, that was the case, which makes a nice change for Torquay because we know from this season that we'll be panicking in the latter stages of games, which is what happens when you're a team struggling towards the bottom of the table. Um, so that does set up a fifth round tie with a team, which is Barnet at home because I managed to pull it out of the hat at the last moment. Um, again, we'll see what happens. We are only three games from Wembley, so... Let's, you know, I do want to kind of touch on the trophy at the competition because it's always good to win a game or two games as it is now in the competition. Um, do you have strong feelings either way about whether or not we should care about this competition, Nick? I think it's probably one where most most sides that are in it aren't really that bothered about it at this stage anyway. And, and you can kind of tell that by the, the sides that are left in it. There are Barnet and Southend who are still challenging anywhere near the top end of the league for the rest of them they've all they're all out of it and none of them 
are overly bothered. Everyone will give you the line of it would be nice to win a trophy. It'd be nice, you know, it's nice to win games. But I, I can't imagine any of them when the pitches are quite heavy like they are at the moment. I, I can't imagine they're that bothered. Um, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen any anybody from from Wrexham or from Notts County saying I wish we were still in the trophy. They're all sat there thinking, well, we don't have another two games for our players to to get injured to you know, to, to tire themselves out and to not be fit for league games. I mean, even we, to a certain extent, last night, you know, Moxie and Asa didn't play. And, you know, that's that's 100% the right decision because you're not making these lads get up and, you know, and it was a frozen pitch. The pitch was heavy anyway. And the, the only thing that was going to happen there is is that one of them was going to get injured. Um, but they didn't, you know, and and... As you say, you know, it's 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 nice for Ali Omar to get his goal. Um, you know, I sit on the other side of the seesaw on that debate. Uh, but, you know, he... If, if you're going to go into a game like that, for Ali Omar to get a goal, it's not going to do him any harm. You know, it's going it's to give him a little bit of confidence. You know, I think he should. You look at the physical size of the bloke and he should be a hell of a big lot bigger threat than he is in both penalty boxes you know he really really should be attacking more um you know in 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 the offensive third and then when we're defending things i think one of the goals last night their, their second goal obviously the first one was a, an awful lot of free space you know from from de silva and probably cancels out the really good work that he did in in scoring the goal um but the second one i think Omar probably doesn't win a header again that he probably should win. But having said that, again, it's the trophy, which I don't think anybody's ever going to say, I'm really, really annoyed that he didn't win a header just outside the box and conceded a goal in the trophy. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about the trophy. Um, I think if it comes to it and we're safe, a trip to Wembley would be lovely. However, if it was... The choice between, you know, going going to an away game and us still having a chance of survival or going to a, going to a trophy final, I would probably rather try and get to the away league game because that is far far more important to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's anybody who follows the club thinking, well, I'd be happy if we got relegated but won the FA Trophy. No one in their right mind, should be thinking that. Admittedly, it's probably going to be a good day out if we were to get there. Um, but there's not a huge amount of money and it's not something that's likely to galvanise any finances for, for Gary Johnson. Um, and our priority has to be staying in this division, which shows you how far we've fallen because it wasn't that long ago. We were like, we've got to get out of this division. And this season, we made a pretty fair fist of doing that. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the wrong end of the table. Um, I was trying to remember while you were talking about the teams at the top end of the table, how we approached the territory when we were you know, winning the league. I remember we beat Bromley 4-0 that season, but I'm pretty sure we lost the following game, possibly to someone like Woking, that sounds about right. Um, and I know we all shrugged our shoulders and said, that's good, that's another game out of the way. Um, I will say that for a team that is struggling for performances, getting a win or two under their belt is excellent. Um, I think we haven't had any point in this season where we've been able to build up ahead of steam. Um, 
we had, you know, we had the older shot win and we think, great, 6-1, here we go. And I think the game afterwards was called off, trying to remember. And, you know, it kind of stopped us in our tracks a little bit. So it's nice to have those two games in a row. And of course, if we then go and lose our next three, it means nothing. Well, exactly. I mean, I think the original older shot game was was called off, wasn't it? After we'd won a game, possibly away at Southend. Oh, um, that's that's what I was thinking of. Yes, I knew uh, older okay. shot was somewhere. Yeah, but it, it's mm. one of those that is it's winning a football match. So, if beating Taunton gives us that second win in a row, and the players have a little bit of confidence and and kind of understand what winning's like, um, then then that's that's a good thing. We're, you know, winning a trophy game is a good thing. Um, but if if we go and if we go and lose the next two away league games, which you know we've got two of the sides that can arguably call themselves in contention, I suppose, then it hasn't really done an awful lot because we're back to square one now. If it does give them the confidence that they go away on Saturday and can pick up a point, or the next couple of games we can get a couple of points and come back to Maidstone at home with being four unbeaten then that's, that's, that's done the job because it is all about momentum and it's all about the players having confidence. So if we can, if we can even, if we, even if we only lose one of those games and you know a win and a defeat would be far better than two draws because you get the extra point there anyway. So yeah. you know, if, if we've got three wins and, and a defeat in our last four games when we go into that Maidstone game, that's the kind of confidence and the kind of run you need to be on because... Maidstone are the kind of team that we haven't been beating. In fact, we lost away to them when we would have expected to beat them. And, and they were terrible uh, by all accounts. Exactly. And the, the <laughs> thing that makes me concerned is that our record against the sides in and around us is horrendous, has been for the last three or four seasons. You know, we, we haven't had a problem beating the sides at the top of the league. It's been yeah. the sides in and around us and from, from 14th down. And those are the sides that we have to beat because otherwise they're taking points away from us and are going to move away from us. So we need to make sure that Maidstone at home is bigger than both of the next two, but your biggest game is always your next one, if that makes makes any sense at all, in that we need probably two, if not three points, really, from, from those two away games. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think... Um... I mean, let's move on from their trophy now. I think it's probably fair to say, yeah, we won a game. That's good. Ayomar scored. I'm a big fan of that. He actually got an assist the other day um, as well. So maybe he, he's putting himself out about a little bit in the attacking third, as you say. But, you know, it's it's boring, boring wood. I shouldn't keep calling them Mary, but boring wood and, and woking that are our next two games. And let's just say, for argument's sake, we go and get six points out of those two games. Suddenly, made, you know, Maystone is less pressure. Because the point then then becomes pretty good. Um, so you know, if we were to lose the two games coming up before Maidstone, then even a win against Maidstone, we're still in the shit. So I, 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 you know, I do want us to make sure that we concentrate on the the game that's coming up next. And I'm sure Johnson and Dan's will have them doing that. Um, it would be totally talky to go and win both of those games. Um, I don't think either of those sides are unbeatable. I think there are three really good sides in our division and there's half a dozen okay sides and then the rest are terrible. And so far this season, we've been in that, you know, collection of 14 teams who are terrible. Um, oh, we absolutely have been. I mean, 
I went I went to the away game at Barnet. I you know I, I don't get to huge numbers of games, but I went to the away game at Barnet, and even they who are are up towards the top end of the league were not a good side. They really weren't. I mean, look, we've been terrible. We've been absolutely shocking for the majority of this season. But we've still come close against a lot of those teams. And there, there are, it's not, it's not going to take a lot. And it's, it's a very Gary Johnson thing to do to go on these runs. He, he has runs where the, the form and the morale and things aren't very good. But then you go on on incredible runs again when so it, it's quite feasible that we win the next three or four and actually we're looking o- over our shoulder rather than up because we've we've moved ourselves out of it. Um, the the thing you've got to temper it with is that there are sides down there who are picking up a little bit. So obviously Oldham they you look at the squad Oldham have a squad that really shouldn't be where it is but they've been putting that together. Um, but it, it seems as if Gary Johnson's finally found a bit of a system that we can muddle through with, if you like. And I think that's going to be very much the the three at the back. If yeah. he's now found Donnellan can play the right centre-back and he's got, um, you know, we, we, I think we've bought, you know, we've obviously brought in Nico Lawrence from Southampton. Um, you know, you've got Moxie in there. Uh, Wyatt's come back and is actually starting to look, I mean, he looked very good last night. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, tempered with it it was the trophy but he looked he looked decent last night in fact we, we were moving the ball around very nicely against the aside from the division below um but those are the things that you need you need you need those those moments you need those the players need that familiarity with themselves and probably why Halstead played and would have would have really just helped to just to build that chemistry I mean I think that as you say about the you know the, the sides in our division, it's not a good division. It's it's a, it's a really really bang average division, which is probably the more frustrating thing than anything. It's a bang average division with three really good sides in it, you know, and and it's yeah. not going to take huge amounts to to get out of it. But we've got to now make sure that we can kick on and and put those results together. Yeah, yeah, I thoroughly agree. I I think. To your point about Johnson teams generally putting in a run together. We saw it last season. We started pretty badly last season. And then I forget exactly when it was, November, December, we're on this run. And suddenly we're thinking, oh, we have a pretty decent chance of making the playoffs. Didn't happen because again, we, you know, can't beat teams like Barnet. Um, but it's it's a team, and he's always had that in his career as a manager. You know, he's always had teams that it takes him a while to figure things out. I wouldn't be surprised if his plan at the beginning of the season was not to play three at the back, but it became apparent pretty quickly that he had to. Whether that, you know, you know, well, you're playing Omar, so perhaps he does need to have two guys alongside him. You know, maybe you can have Moxie on the left as a left back anymore because he doesn't have the pace to get up and down against these 20-year-old wingers from League One sides. Um, there has been some stability in the side of late. Um, I think losing Goodwin. Was arguably a blow, but you know, I know the, the guy spoke about that on the last podcast. You can't begrudge a guy getting a move to a League One side on a two and a half year contract. Um, does leave us light up front. Um, but let's talk about a little bit briefly the um, the guys we have brought in recently because um, you know, we brought in James Crow from Cardiff, I believe, uh, 18 year old striker. 
Um, to me, the, the most encouraging thing about that is that they've clearly got feedback from Evans, who's on loan from the same club, and they've decided that it's a good place to send their players. So, you know, we, we've had players from clubs before, like Mob Street, going back to Palace, never seen any Palace players again. Um, and I think it's encouraging that that pipeline is, is still open. I don't know how good Kroll is. I mean, he's 18. It could be, well, it could be Rob Street or it could be Michael Owen, right? Um, <clears throat> but as well as that, we, we brought in uh, Nico Lawrence from Southampton. I know when he was signed, there were a few people who suggested he was just another Ali Omar, which is, I think, because he was playing age range football rather than first team football that's complete bullshit can i say bullshit i've said it twice now Um, yeah because um you know he's just signed a new contract at southampton like they clearly rate him they're in a position where if they didn't want to have players of his age and his abilities and they could move him on fairly quickly they found a national league side for him where he they know he's probably going to play most weeks um i think that's an encouraging signing um Aguiar from uh, Swindon has looked talented in the games that I've seen. I've, I saw the, um, his first game I watched live on the streaming platform and then obviously the highlight yesterday. Um, he looks talented without too much in the way of end product just yet. But again, that could be something that's forthcoming. Um, I still don't know if we have any other intentions of bringing other people in. Um, there was a suggestion on various forums and social media outrages the other day that we'd be signing Jacob Mensah from Maidstone. Um, that remains to be seen because he's played once the Maidstone since October and they're, they're somehow below us in the league. So who can tell how good that will be? Um, I think we have space for one more loan signing in the team. If we were to get another loan guy in, where would you think we need reinforcements? It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I mean, you could you could arguably say we could do with somebody in any one of the positions on a football pitch. You know, if you were to bring in anybody in any position, you'd go, yeah, we 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 we've been crying out for someone to to make that position their own. Um, I think our upturn in form is probably as a result of getting more performances and more more minutes out of Asa Hall and Tom Lapsley together. Um, you know, the, the the guys that were brought in obviously were brought in with a, a longer term view in mind and they haven't really hit the heights. Um, I mean, they haven't really hit the lows either, have they? They've, <laughs> they've, they've, they've dragged along the bottom of the barrel for, for the most part. But um, no, I think for me, I like it when there's pace in the team and I like it when you've got, a, you know, another threat. I think Aguiar was probably someone who we were hoping that Wern would come back and be. Um, he's... We haven't had someone, and I said this at the beginning of the, the year, and it's kind of been a running theme, is that we we haven't been able to keep hold of the ball. We haven't had somebody who's comfortable on the ball, who's comfortable running with the ball, and can actually just, I hate I hate using cliched phrases, but but can go between the lines, if you like. So yeah. can can actually stretch teams and actually make makes a defender think. And National League defenders aren't renowned for their their thinking they aren't renowned for their, their sort of prowess in that department so um I, you know that that's why they're playing national league football so to bring somebody in from from swindon who seems to have the ability to pick the ball up turn find another pass and actually that takes the pressure off the defense it takes the pressure off having to win the ball back all the time and gives you the opportunity to go go forward and actually create chances 
So he seems to have done very well there. I don't know what the, the possibility is for, for keeping him longer because, you know, I, I know there was the, there was a bit of managerial, um, you know, hmm. upheaval there because did they lose their manager and... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't tend to pay too much attention to teams that aren't talking, honestly, but I know somewhere there were issues. So, like I say, I like pace in the side, and and but I we don't also have anybody other than De Silva. We don't have anybody who who is particularly rapid. Um, so I, I'd probably look at maybe a winger in that respect. We seem to be covered more than covered in the defensive angles now, and especially if if Jacob Mensah comes in. I mean, he hasn't got into a Maidstone side that are below us in the league. So quite how good he's going to be is up to anybody uh, to decide. He may be very good. I, I'm not not judging in any way. I obviously haven't seen him play. I know he played 20-odd games for Weymouth as well a year or two ago. Um, yeah. So I, I like the idea of being able to have somebody on the bench who can change the game, which is why I really liked in the Halifax game where De Silva didn't start because yeah. there's nothing better than being able to change cha you know change the game and actually have that bit of pace especially on heavy pitches with tiring defenders um to have somebody that that comes on that has that pace that little bit of trickery is is always a really good thing and very often in in our league you have to win the the real battle before you can go and, and win the match you have to you have to beat the opposition sometimes it takes that late that goal later in the game and that's where we've been losing an awful lot of games this season. You know, you saw it in the Yeovil games where they bought fellas off the bench. Mm -hmm. And those those players that they bought off the bench in both games managed to get themselves four points because, we, we you know, we, we had the four points from first halves and they ended up with four points from the two games. So, I, I yeah, I think I'd probably try and bring somebody in with a bit of pace or a striker because I haven't seen enough of Kroll to be able to say, yeah, he's a great backup to... To Jarvis, yeah. I think with with Goodwin and Jarvis, I I like them both individually. I didn't see them as a pair. I didn't see them with enough. There wasn't there wasn't enough link up play. There wasn't enough um, play between them for me to say they 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 could be in the same side together. And I think now with Johnson having gone back to the three at the back that we used quite successfully last season. I think that that's now we play one up front very much in the same way that yeah. Wrighty played up front and, and Evans played behind him. That's now seems to be, and, and I prefer it anyway, when we don't quite have the quality in midfield um, to have Aguiar playing just off him because he likes to get forward and support in the same way that Evans did. Yeah. Um, and I, I like Kieran Evans. I think Kieran Evans is good. He's, he's a bit more comfortable on the ball. So we have, more options now so yeah I think if we if we had any any gaps that I'd look to try and plug it would either be with another forward or somebody without an out pace a, a Nemain without an out pace yeah I mean I again this is doesn't make for great listening but I don't disagree with the aim thing you've just said there I I, I think um you know very wise I, well, I am very wise. People have kind of said that about me. Um, I think we thought early on this season where we were fielding four subs and it was, you know, Wyatt, Lapsley, <laughs> Marshall, perhaps. And like, well, where is the inspiration coming from? All you've got on the bench is people to come in and plug some gaps if you are holding on to a lead, which wasn't happening very often. 
Um, got, you have to so, score the first goal to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, we're not set up to be a defensive team. You know, we can't, we did it against Halifax somehow in the first, you know, in the, in the away game early on in the season, scored just before halftime and then defended like Lions for 45 minutes. But we've also scored a goal and then conceded plenty of times. So, you know, we do need that option off the bench. Uh, I think De Silva is a good candidate for that. Um, I think it's interesting in the Halifax game the other day because he came on and I thought, oh, that's great because he's going to play on the right-hand side where the, the turf is better. And he got put on the left, which I thought was a little bit confusing, where the turf was pretty messed up. Um, but shockingly, Gary Johnson probably knows a little bit more than me about professional footballers, um, probably. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think now that we do seem to have committed to the one up front with Jarvis, I think that works. I kind of, a purist part of me is kind of, we, I still think we should, you should always play two strikers, but we we saw with the, Dan, you know, with the Danny Wright good season, and even to a lesser degree last year as well, um, it works for us if you do get support from midfield. I like Kieran Evans a lot. I think he showed in the highlights that I saw from yesterday, as well as in the last uh, league game, he's very well balanced. He can dribble it. He can pass it. I think people forget how highly rated he is by Cardiff. You know, he he's played for them in the championship and they let him go on a year's long loan because they want him to get experience in the man, in the quote unquote man's game. Um, and he was starting to look pretty good before he had three ribs broken. Um, and that set him back, what, three months? Yeah, he did, um, didn't he? Because he, I think he, he got he got dropped for a couple of games very, very early on. But yeah, that, I think know, in, the, in the second game, he started the game and he got hauled off like either at halftime or just before halftime. And yeah. again, wasn't there, but there's a suggestion that Johnson was less than impressed with what, you know, perhaps he was, wasn't doing what he'd been told to do. He seems to have taken that lesson on board because he's been an ever-present in the last you know, few games for sure. Um, I think he does have that little bit of unpredictability that you need to unlock defences. Um, and, you know, we, we're going to need that because, you know, you mentioned before other teams, squads are improving. You know, Gateshead signed um, Quevin Castro, who'd been on loan at Notts County and had done one for them. That was like, odd. Sorry. Yeah, and I don't... I think he's, he's at West Brom. Is he at West Brom? Yeah, because he, I, I, I believe, it, I mean, Notts County spun it maybe in a way that he decided he wanted to go back. Yeah. And then a week later, he's decided he's going to go and sign for Gateshead. So unless West Brom decided for him that he was going right. to go and play for, for Gateshead because I don't know if he wasn't getting enough minutes. I don't really know why he left Notts County, but yeah. it was spun in a way that it was his decision. Um, and then it looks as if either he or West Brom have decided that, that Gateshead is the place for him. Yeah, I'm now really a little bit annoyed if I was a North County fan, although that top of the league is hard to be that upset about stuff, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you've seen teams improving or at least appearing to improve. Um, and, and we have improved, but I, I think we, don't, we haven't really signed anybody that makes the rest of the league go, oh, look out for Torquay because they've got this guy who can do this thing. Um, on Jacob Mensah, no, he didn't do very well. He hasn't done very well at Maidstone, apparently. He hasn't played that many games. But we know from experience that often it's a question of chemistry at a club or with fellow people. I mean, you know, a good example was likely to be Corey Andrews. We let him go. I don't know whether we got a fee for him. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a contract that he's got at um, Wildstone rather than a loan. I believe but, so. 
Yeah, but he was an older shot. He did very well with them. When we signed him, we all thought, well, this is this is exactly what we've been saying we want to get. We want to get a 25, 26-year-old striker who has experience in the league and scoring goals, and he had done it. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Maybe he wanted to be around London. You know, he'd done well at Wimbledon, he'd done well at Aldershot. Now he's gone back to Wealdstone. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I was I was absolutely delighted when we signed him. Yeah. He was he genuinely was the, the the bloke that we you know we be we talk about all the time in that yeah, like you say, you know, proven at the level. Um, yeah, I I don't really. I mean, he looked he and he looked great in that first fifteen minutes against Oldham. He Till was he got hit. Yeah, that, yeah, and at that point you were going, yes, this is this is the player we needed. He's going to yeah. be the one that scores goals. So I don't doubt for a minute that he may well be successful there. Um, and has probably just used us as a glorified fitness centre for you know the the four or five months after he picked up that injury because it obviously didn't play so and and it just hasn't worked for him and it's a, it's a real shame but then I don't think anybody thought that Josh Umera was going to go and score twenty goals for Wealdstone and end up in the league I at no point did I think that that Josh Umera would be in the league before Torquay. I thought he'd be playing National League South or lower. Um, he was not good for us. I thought Waters would do okay. I don't know if I thought he'd get a league move, but I thought he'd be successful in this division um, because he had a bigger career. You know, he he played higher up beforehand as well. So I think at our level, and, you know, most professional teams, I, I think there's a, there's a huge amount of unknowables when you bring in a player you know how's he going to gel with the area is you know is his family going to like it nearby if not you know are you going to allow him to commute from wherever you know whichever god awful place he lives in so um players not being as good as you hope when you sign them i don't think it's reasonable to expect every single sign to be a hit we are and again this is something that we've banged the drum for for years but we're an outpost, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere, footballing, speaking, right? Um, and not everyone who comes down here doesn't work out for everybody. Some people come down and they love it. Now, I think Tom Lapsey, I think, loves it down here. I think he's the right age. I believe he has a family. And, I, you know, we've seen with players in the past where they'll move down to the area and they might have a young family and they stick around for a long time. Um, it's very hit or miss, mostly miss, to be fair, with this current crop of Torquay players. Um, so I, you know, I think there are absolutely players out there to be unearthed who can be improved by a being under Gary Johnson and just a change as good as the rest. Sometimes, if it's not working out somewhere else, having them come here, Jarvis might be a good example. You know, he was highly rated by Scunthorpe, got relegated. He's been good for us. He's not scoring as many goals as I'd like, but nobody is. <laughs> um, and I, I think he's been a, a positive addition to the side. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, I, I completely agree with with Jarvis. I mean, he in a, in a really poor side, he's scored seven league goals. He's he, you know, he's on ten in all competitions, and we're mm. just over halfway through the season. So if you look at that and say he's going to score twenty, any team that's got a striker that scores twenty goals in it, yeah. you know, shouldn't shouldn't be struggling in the way that we are. But it also gives you confidence that you know we, we've got someone who knows where the back of the net is, and that's half the battle as we found when you know when righty was out injured a couple of years ago that's that's what cost us um because we we didn't have players who knew where the where the goal was 
Um, we had a succession of players coming in, but in both of those seasons, you know, Umera, Waters, Kimpioka. Um, we had that, that, that was when we had that was when we had Rob Street. That Rob was Street. when we had uh, Louis Britton, who who was down for a while. And he looked like a rock star in his first game. He was brilliant, wasn't he? He, he was great. He hit the bar, didn't he? After about two minutes of a substitute appearance, and, yeah, and, then, was, and, then, we, and then was never seen again. We just got the really winner against Stockport because of his work. I think Lemon yeah. Heaven scored in the last minute, but it was all Britain's doing. And just and then been released. And that, oh, he's been re- just been released by Yeovil. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, it, 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 like you say, that that is that is the nature of the league that we're in. But having someone like Jarvis who scores goals, and I've no doubt he's going to score another six or seven at least in the in the last bit of the season. Um, so. If you've got someone that can do that, and then you've got, you know, this this Kroll who, if he can get half a dozen himself, you know, that that doesn't a side that scores goals is far more dangerous than a side that that keeps clean sheets because if you you know you've only got to concede one and you don't win a game otherwise. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I agree completely. Um, yeah, no, I, I I do feel that with the recent results and the upturn, not just in results, but in form, I, I feel like we have a very good chance of getting out of the, the quagmire we're in. Um, I think the issue we've had for most of the season is that I felt from very early on that there's a decent side in there trying to get out. And at various points in games, we've had five, 10 minutes of where that side reveals itself. But then you have 85 or 80 minutes of shit. And that's what gets you into trouble. Yeah, you're quite right because I think where we've where we've had other sides, we have, the the proportion of our games where we've played shit or the other side has been bet, been better than us has been getting slightly smaller. So yeah. you know, obviously, again, it's Taunton, but last night we looked as if we dominated quite quite a lot. And that's mm. great. And and the longer that you can play well for, no matter the opposition, it can be a training game. And if everybody is absolutely on fire in a training game, they will come out of that. And it's it's just a mental thing. So to have had a couple of games where that tide hopefully has has started to turn and we're able to get ourselves into games and be be in games and on top for longer, then great you know yeah yeah i mean we we know what we have to do for the rest of the season not be one of the four worst sides um scunthorpe are i think dead last and they they've been hit with a winding up order i think recently um yeah, scunthorpe, I mean, yeah. yeah 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 they have yeah um so you know there's questions about whether or not certain teams will finish the season that might not be great for us because um well, we only picked we only picked up a point against. Oh, Stumthorpe. that's true. Yeah, um, I think there are other sides. Uh, I think Maidstone, possibly a couple of others. Who, who? I mean, there's a lot of sides that have won games against Scunthorpe, but um, yeah. you know, in and around us, there there are a couple of sides. I think even Maidenhead, who are eight points ahead of us at the moment, would yeah. lose three points because they beat they beat them. So that that just that brings an awful lot more sides. Yeah, into back into the, mix, the if you like. And as you say, you know, if you've got two explorers in the jungle and a lion comes across them, you've only got to outrun that other explorer because you know he's gonna he's gonna be the one that, that meets his demise. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, we yeah. had a similar situation a couple of years ago with Dover. You know, we'd beaten Dover. They came out of the league, so we lost our three points and other teams around us had drawn with them. Yeah. So we can kind of pull back. So, um, all right. Well, I think we've um, covered the, uh, the Taunton game and the squad situation. Before we go, I'm going to ask you to predict how many points we get from the next three league games. Oh, that's it. Now... What do I think, or what, 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 what? You know, you can tell me both. I would like to know what you think we're going to get, though, at least. Um, I think we'll probably. I think we we we've quite conceivably got the you know got the the chance now to get at least a point out of those two away games. Um, if we can if we can get two points out of the away games, then we'll have five out of the next nine as a minimum. I think so. I, I would like to see us get six out of nine because I think that's better than going the three games unbeaten but picking up two draws. Yeah. You know, if, if we can, I'd rather win two and lose one than I would come out of those three with two draws and a, a win because you get the extra point. So, yeah, I mean, I'll go, I'll go with five because I can't see us winning two of them. Um, but I probably don't see us coming out of them unbeaten. I know, I, I know those two points tend to contradict each other, but yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it anyway. Well, it's funny because I can see us coming out of that game with six, uh, game with six points or three games. I can see us beating one of Boring Wood and Woking. I think it would be typical talking to go to teams that traditionally we've struggled against <laughs> and get a result. Um, what would be typical is if we, you know, beat Boring Wood, draw with Woking and then lose at home to Maidstone. That would also be typical talking United. But I'm going to oh, say six absolutely. points. Um, I don't think we are... Okay, the table doesn't lie, but I still don't think we are one of the four worst teams in this division. Uh, I think when we're bad, we're probably the worst team in the division. (laughs) Uh, I just think that we're at a point now where we're going to be bad less often than we have been so far. So I do feel, and I tend to be positive anyway, as we know, but I, I don't think we'll be worrying about relegation beyond probably middle of April. Um, I, I, I think it's probably a real shame that it was Taunton and not Bromley last night because I think having come out of the Halifax game with the win, I think on a you know a, a long journey for Bromley on a Tuesday night with the weather not brilliant, I, I think it was another one of those that I could have seen as probably winning that game. And then having had two home games before the two away games would have probably been the, the ideal scenario. Um, yeah, yeah, I think. Look, it, it it is what it is. We we didn't. We ended up having having Taunton, but it, you know we we've got two wins. We go into those two away games with that bit more confidence. So you know, look, it's talky, and and as we're well aware, absolutely anything could happen from three defeats well, we could roll to three up to wins. We wouldn't beat them three 0 Yeah, and we'd be like, of course we did that. Of course, uh, Ali Omar got a second half hat trick, left foot, right foot header. Um. Okay, maybe not that, but I, 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 I think we may have explored all possibilities now. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's funny because if it had been Bromley last night, we that meant we would have played Taunton on Saturday, so we could be on a three-win streak. Yeah, that uh, you know, which well, again, practically uncharted waters in the last couple of years, right? Well, it is. I mean, it, it took the Weymouth away game, you know, last season to to kick us into form, and and for Johnson to have found the right couple of loan signings in, in Wern and Duke McKenna. And if, if this season it's taken that little bit longer, if we start picking up results, you know, then, then great. 
it's it's obviously the the slightly longer term and, and ownership side, which obviously we won't go into tonight. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it's Johnson t- has taken a while last season to find the right bit of chemistry, the right balance, and and you know, and the right personnel. Uh, if it's taken him a little bit longer this season, providing we do get out of it, and, and I'm you know I'm in the same camp as yourself. I don't I don't see us I don't see us going down. I, I've seen really really bad Torquay sides in the past. I've seen relegation Torquay sides, and they, they, this just doesn't have quite the same feel to it. The only the only thing we have got to be really careful of is is having an endless string of loan players who quite frankly, don't care about the club past the 14th of May or whatever the, the date of that last game yeah. is. Um, you know, that's that's the only hallmark of sides that we have at the moment is that there seems, you know, there's an awful lot of, of loan players where that chemistry is not there. The relationship with the supporters isn't there. And you get through in the next month or so and you're still not quite adrift, but you're in the relegation zone. And the effort levels of those players aren't quite there because quite frankly, you know, Evans is going to go back to Cardiff in, in May and so is Kroll and, you know, Nico Lawrence goes back to Southampton. They're going back to sides far higher up the pyramid and they don't really care. But the one thing that we've had with the loan signings that we've got at the moment are you, I mean, I think it was De Silva after the final whistle against Halifax. It was a real fist clenched, this means something. Yeah. And those those are the guys that you need in the trench with you. They're the ones yeah, where, I mean, where I think you really with one of those. Yeah, good Goodwin was one of those. I, I think last year Werner McKenna, Duke McKenna were one were were those as well. Um, to your point, I think players like Evans and Lawrence and to a lesser degree to Silver and Kroll, getting relegated with Talking United isn't going to end their career. No. They have contracts elsewhere. Um, but I think it would be a good sign of their professionalism if they were able to commit until the end of the season. Um, you know, mentally, I mean, and I, I you know, I, I think that's the risk with loan signings. Um, and let's just say we put together a run and we finish mid table comfortably. You get to this, you know, the middle of May. Now you've got to build a squad again. Now we're back to where we've been the last two years where we've got three contracted players <laughs> And you have to bring in a dozen guys. And, you know, the cycle, I don't think, should be allowed to continue. Again, it's a discussion for another pod entirely about the ownership and the situation around the club. Um, right now, the priority has to be getting us out of this shithole that we're in. Um, and I, I do feel confident that it will happen for us. Um, tempered with a little bit of fear about what will happen longer term. I would like to see, and I think... It's probably De Silva's level where we are at the moment. And actually, I think his development, he's hes come on an awful lot since he signed for us. So he'd be the player that I'd, I'd go out and say, we really, really need to bring him in. It was a little bit like, like Duke McKenna, although Duke McKenna probably was always destined for a slightly higher level. I think De Silva is is our level, and if he's comfortable here, he does the job that Johnson wants. I would he would be the one that I I'd try and go out and go all out for in the summer. If if again, yeah, a long I, way in the future, but of course, that, that, yeah. would, that, that would be the player that 
because the last two seasons we've gone into the into the season with no pace absolutely no pace whatsoever and it's just glaringly obvious you get found out straight away and you're behind the eight ball before the clocks have changed yeah and i think it's difficult with with players at this especially wingers because you're by peak you're getting people with pace but you never quite know if they're actually capable of producing it um you know we've signed a an endless raft of wingers over the past probably four or five seasons and how many of them have really worked for us i mean the main had a curtailed season where he was good but he hasn't torn up trees in in nottingham since he left okay he's done well recently but um i think it's he would be a known quantity you know we've seen you do it for us before therefore we have confidence that you can do it again in future here is a contract and i don't know what his contract situation is at qpr um, I don't know what his aspirations are. I'm sure they're higher than National League. But, you know, he'll know that it's a route back into league football, either with Torquay United, which we all hope will happen. But we can also point to another dozen players or so who are now playing at football league level after having paid for us, including well, yeah. ones who come from loans. Well, this is it, exactly. You know, and, and I think probably... I, I have a feeling that, that Stephen Wern went back to give himself because he went back at the beginning of January and I think he's gone back to give himself a month to get back into the Grimsby side or to agree a mutual termination so that he can look elsewhere which wouldn't again wouldn't surprise me one bit and, and I'd be quite happy to see him and him, him and Agriar in the same side because then you've got more players that are comfortable on the ball so if he were to return as a permanent signing I, I wouldn't be disappointed he didn't tear up any trees while he was here on loan the second time um, aside from the the older shot game, uh, but I, you know, I, like I said, I, I couldn't I couldn't be disappointed if he if he rocked back up here on the thirty first of January, you know, on a deal until the end of the season, until the end of next season, whatever you know, whatever. Yeah. And I suspect he's given himself January to have a go at getting in the Grimsby side or to leave. Yeah, and you know you, you have to allow guys to do what's right for their career. You know he he he's gone to Grimsby. I, I think it was a surprise when he went to Grimsby um, in the off season. I thought we had a very good chance of signing him. I would assume we put in it at some sort of offer, um, but I didn't think he'd get a league club. I um, think he I think he stayed. I think the the only thing that wasn't a surprise was the geography of that situation. The northeast, yeah, that's you that's know good. I, I think that is that's the only thing really that. That wasn't wasn't a shock is that he he didn't venture too far. I think if it hadn't been Grimsby, I think it probably would have been us. And I, I think he sort of alluded to to as much when he came back on loan. Yeah, um, I, I probably think he he regrets the decision. Um, if if not for the situation that we're in, just for the the regularity of the games that he would have got with us, and things may well have been different if we you know if if we'd been a little bit luckier in in our recruitment. And I think you know that's probably. A, a far bigger topic than than I care to go into right now. Um, yeah. But I, I think I think had had we been a bit luckier in trying to get hold of him, um, then things may have been may have been very different for for both of us. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've um, from a podcast that we thought we'd get twenty five minutes out of an FA Trophy, we've got almost an hour. Um, I hope we didn't waffle too much. I know we waffled a bit because that's we both of us tend to do that. But oh um, yeah. It's always nice to talk to you, Nick. So thank you for coming along this evening. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, we will see you, I believe, early next week with a report on the on Boring Wood Nil Torquay 4. Goodbye. <laughs>